few thoughts about time. We live in time. We are ruled by time. Everything that happens is pegged to time. Your clock on your cell phone is a digital clock. Uh, now we have um, programs that calculate time and make the seconds and the minutes change, etc. Back in the day, it was all around a series of gears, right? How many remember actually winding a stem on a watch? Yeah, of course. Some of you have never seen a stem on a watch. That would be my case. <laughs> I don't think about it. <clears throat> stem one watches. You tighten the spring and it gives energy to the gears, and the gears control the flow of the quote unquote the flow of time. Um, it, a watch doesn't control time. A watch doesn't even tell time. A watch just follows a series of predefined units that we call time. Nothing controls time except God Himself. It's all in his hands. Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Say all generations. You know what that's talking about? Time. A generation is a unit of time. It's, some people call it 30 years, some 40 years, some 60 years, or some, you know, more realistically, it's just uh, one set of people in a family and then their kids form another generation, and their kids form another generation. It represents time. It represents a span of elapsed time. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. I'm reading out of the King James. I'll switch to New Living yeah. Translation in a second. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to Everlasting, thou art God. So one of my favorite verses always has been so special to me. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. What is that talking about? Time. Before the mountains were brought forth, a period of time. Or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, another period of time. Even from everlasting to Everlasting, you are God. Amen. Verse 4, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and... Whether you can be seated, God bless you. All of this is talking about time. I'm going to reread that in the New Living Translation. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. And that right there is such a comforting statement. It doesn't matter what generation you were born into, God is still God. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're 28, you said, home. God bless you. <laughs> 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 or if you're like the rest of us who are not quite holding, the time is slipping away. Or if you're younger, it doesn't matter. God is still God. Amen. Through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. Time. Intervals of time. 
measurements of time. And through it all, God is in control of it all. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. That's a reminder that time controls us, but does not control God. God is immortal. God is not bound by time. God put time in place as a measurement for us. Not vice versa. <clears throat> when time runs out, as we say, uh, we will return to dust. We're mortals. For you, a thousand years are as a passing day. I can't keep track of days anymore. When this quarantine stuff first began, early part, middle part of the year, um, did anyone confess? Did anyone else lose track of what day of the week it was? What day is it? All the same. All of us. No, no, no break in the monotony of just another day after day after day. And you start wondering, what day is it? A thousand years for God is like yesterday. A day that passes just like that. Uh, because, again, God is not controlled by time. Yet for us, a thousand years seems like an eternity. You look back a thousand years in history, what a different world this was. Um, we've come a long ways, not always for the good. Amen. We've changed as a, as a race of human beings. We've uh, innovated. We have technology. We have all sorts of things that make life easier. But at the same time, we have a whole lot more wickedness and ways to become wicked just because man's imagination is always seeking more wickedness. So a thousand years made a big difference in time, and yet it didn't change God at all. With God, it was like it was just yesterday. For you, a thousand years or as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. That's fascinating to measure sleep, right? When, um, when we sleep well, you know, if you toss and you turn, you wake up and go back to sleep, the night can seem very, very long. Uh, but once you fall asleep, truly fall asleep, till the time you wake up, do you have any sensation on how long that was? Not a clue. Uh, if you slept super well, maybe in three or four hours, do you feel like you slept 10 hours? Like, wow, I'm resting. Look at the clock, no way, it can't be that early. Then again, if you can sleep, if you have the luxury of sleeping a long time and you wake up, it's like, wow. Must be early in the morning. Wait a minute. No. Look at the time. We lose sense of time when we're asleep. Uh, sleep is a period where our minds go into a state that God created to, to refresh us, regenerate. Um, human you know, mind processes, memories. It, it, there's a housekeeping routine that the brain does. and There's a certain health benefits and things that happen while we're asleep. Uh, but while we're asleep, we don't realize how much time has passed. With God, a thousand years is as brief as a few night hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear. I don't know about you, but I've had some really, really cool dreams. <laughs> Problem is I can't remember them anymore. Ever had that where you, you're in a really fascinating dream? And you wake up, it's like, I've got to remember this dream because that was cool. And a few minutes later, what was that dream? Dreams vanish. Dreams pass away just like that. Time goes away just like that 
as we do. Verse 9 talks about those who are feeling the wrath of God for sins. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. It's talking about not just specifically those who um, are sinners and God is punishing, but the very fact that we are human beings under the penalty of sin, uh, our lives are shortened. We were not created to die. We were created to live. It was sin that brought death into the world. The scripture says that clearly, that one man centered into the world, and through that, death came into the world. Uh, Adam and Eve were not built, were not created with a concept of time. Sin brought that limit of time, introduced that, uh, the, the boundaries of life. And the scripture goes on to say that uh, you know, if we live 70 years, here it is, verse 10. 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. Praise God. It's too bad when you beat the mark. Others are pushing it. Amen. This was written in a time when people, you know, didn't live to, to be 80 years, years old or longer as a rule. Life was shorter. Life spans were shorter. Um, in the time of you know, our Lord Jesus Christ, it is said that lifespans were, you know, if you made it to 50, 55, 60, you were way up in age. Lifespans have changed. Health has increased. Uh, medicines have improved. And we've, we continue to extend our lifespan by, you know, you look at decade to decade, the demographics and the measurements and life and death, and uh, people are living longer. People's lives are being extended. But friend, when we say extended from 65 years to 85 years or 90 years, that seems like a lot, but really it's just a really, really small segment of what we call time. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Wow. Knees ache, back ache, um, everything aches sometimes. Life does not get easier as you age. Aches and pains come along with the aging process. And he will say amen to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. 70 years are given to us, some even live to 80, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. That's not a gloomy statement. He's, he's talking about the greatness of God. But he said, hey, realistically, even the best years. Thank God I'm not 2020. 2020 has been a really weird year. <laughs> but even the best years have their share of pain and trouble. Have you ever had a year that had absolutely no pain or trouble? Wouldn't that be nice? Even right? as a kid. <laughs> even as a kid, the years had pain and trouble. We just don't remember it. Time heals the wounds, right? So uh, even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we Fly away, I fly away, oh glory, I fly away in the morning. Not talking about a seat on Southwest Airlines, amen. It's talking about taking leave of this world and our spirit returns to God who gave it. A poetic way of saying we die. At some point, time's up and we die. I keep using the term time's up or we run out of time. 
I can tell you that time is not a measurement of how far we have to go, but rather time is a blocker. Time slows us down from getting to a goal. We'll see that in a minute. Verse 12, teach us to realize the brevity of life. King James says, teach me to number my days. Now, I, I don't know how many days I have. You don't know how many days you have. Nobody knows how many days they have. If you want to be pedantic about it and argue, well, somebody on death row knows. No, because even then, uh, you can get a last-minute stay of execution and clemency or whatever. You don't know for sure when you're going to die. You may think you do. You may feel like death warmed over, as they say. But I'll tell you what, you don't know when you're going to die. Thank God we don't know when we're going to die. A lot of reasons why God does not allow us to know that. But yet, even though we can't know the number of our days in that sense, what the writer is saying is help us to realize the brevity of life. Life does speed along quicker than any of us would like to admit or imagine. Now, all that... If you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. As John, the revelator, she's known, uh, the apostle John there in the Isle of Patmos sees these visions. God revealed to him uh, the, the, the end times, the, uh, the sequence of events. Of course, he gives it in similes and examples and signs and wonders. He doesn't give exact specifics, again, because he doesn't want us to know precisely. He wants us to be ready no matter what happens. Be ready at all times. But here in this vision, uh, in Revelation 12, um, verse 7, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, etc., um, where are we? Maybe it's not Revelation 12. It's Revelation 12. Is there time to be one? Yes, that one. <laughs> what verse is that? I'm sorry, my brain yeah. totally froze here. If I can quote it, the angel stood with a little book, one land, one foot on the land, and one in the, on the sea, and he said, Time shall be no more. That's a pretty close quote. It's Revelation 10, no wonder I can't find it. Close Revelation 10. There we go. Amen. Uh, Revelation 10, verse 5. I'm going to read it again out of the King James Version. <clears throat> and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are in the earth, and the things that therein are in the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time. No longer. How many times have we quoted that verse? Time shall be no more. Time will be no longer. 
But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. If you go to the New Living Translation or about almost every single other translation, you'll find that it does not say that time will be no more, but rather it says, verse 6, the end of the verse, there will be no more delay. So the concept of uh, you know, time will be no more, that's the old English saying, there's not going to be a period of time between this point and this point when God pours out his anger. But if you just translate that into modern English, instead of saying there will be no period of time between here and God's wrath, it simply says there will be no more delay. So the angel is proclaiming, saying that uh, where we are counting the hours and the minutes, where we look at the calendar and say, well, you know, when is Santa Claus coming? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's flying. Oh, he'll be here soon. We, we count, right? We look for things. We peg. When, when's New Year's? And countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. And the ball, right? We, we look for these intervals of time. Uh, we, we, we call it a measurement. We look ahead. We say, time's flying or I'm running out of time. What time is really is a delay. Time does not speed us up. Time holds us back. When we don't use time well, when we don't number our days appropriately, when we don't take into account the fact that we are living in a measure of time, time does not speed. Time slows down. Time delays us from reaching our goal. It's a little nuance, but when you turn it on his head, you begin to realize that time is not something that we, we use for our advantage. Time slows us down. It doesn't speed us up. Time is a delay. There's a delay between the promises of God, of his judgment, and when it comes to pass. That's why the scripture says that God sometimes elongates time. Sometimes he shortens time. It's not that he's changing how fast seconds run. We know second is just a unit, a measurement, and it's not going to vary. When you speed up time, slow down time, you, you really are not slowing anything. You're just changing the way you measure or how many units you allow to occur. Because a, set, uh, a, a second is a finite measurement. It doesn't change. So if God speeds up time, he, he's actually taking out units of time because we're getting there quicker. If God slows down time, he's adding units of time, and he's making the, the distance, the interval, longer. Time doesn't change. It's how much of it that God grants us, and how we, how we contemplate that, and how we approach it, that means something, whether we succeed in our time, or whether time vanquishes us, and we find ourselves, quote-unquote, out of time. Time is a delay. 
When you think of time being a delay, you understand the Roman ruler who said, Paul, come back another day. When it's more convenient. Come back and preach to me another day. How long should I wait to come back? That's a, a, a rhetorical question. If Paul had asked him, when should I come back? It's rhetorical. Because it wasn't about time. It was about delay. He didn't want more time. He wanted to delay making a decision. We like to delay what is the what we call the inevitable. We like to delay the aging process. We like to delay death. We like to delay punishment. We like to delay whatever is a, what we like. King Hezekiah fell ill. He asked the prophet, am I going to die? Sometimes we shouldn't ask the question because we don't like the answer. Prophet's not going to lie to the king. He said, I'll go talk to the Lord. I don't know, but I'll go talk to the Lord. And the Lord said, yep. Tell him to get his affairs in order. He's going to die. Preacher, I didn't want to hear that. Come preach a different kind of message, please. Hezekiah, you're going to die. Get your affairs in order. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, it says. He began to cry. He felt sorry for himself. And then he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, preacher, go back and ask God to give me more time. Did he really want more time? No. He just wanted to delay the time of his death. We think of time as being a plus. It's really a minus. It's a delaying factor. It's a delaying tactic. Give me 15 more years, Lord. Please, give me some more time. God said, fine. I'll give you a delay of what is inevitable. Did that work to Hezekiah's advantage? I don't think so. During that delay, he forgot about God. I'm sure he thought in his mind, well, I know I've got 15 more years. Praise God. Oh, are we 20, almost 2021? 20, about uh, 2036. 2035, I'll start getting serious about God. 2035, I'll start praying more. I'll be in church more. COVID and no, I'll be in church. Amen. 2035, yeah, I'll, I'll witness some more. I'll, I'll really get on fire for God. But until 2035 comes, I've got time. I've got all the time in the world. You don't have time. You have a delay. You are slowing things down. And friends, do we tend to speed up the quicker the older we get? No, we tend to slow down. <coughs> you start a ball rolling across the floor. Is it going to keep speeding up forever? Assuming the floor is perfectly level, will that ball roll forever? No, it's going to slow down. And eventually it's going to stop. We don't speed up with time. We actually slow down with time. Time is a delay. 
Now, back in Psalm 90, it talks about the measurements of time. It talks about before the mountains were formed. It talks about before the earth was born. It says from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's worshiping God because God is outside of the bounds of time. And he, the, the psalmist is saying, praise God. I know that even though time slows me down, it doesn't slow God down. Hallelujah. And friend, I don't care how much this world tries to slow down the coming of the Lord. God is on time. Amen. And the coming of our Lord will be right on time. Amen. We can't slow God down. You can't slow the progression of God down. You can have a delaying tactic in your own life, but you're not buying time. You're buying delays. Time is not a plus. Time is a minus. Go home and you remember nothing else out of the Wednesday night lesson. Remember that time is a minus. Time is a delay. It's not a speed up. It's not, oh, I got more time. No, you just delayed getting somewhere. When's, what time is dinner? We all ask that question, right? What time are we going to eat? It's not that we're speeding up to that time. There's just a gap. There's a delay between us and getting to the dinner table. It's a delay. Once we're there, we're there. How, how many times have we wanted something, worked for something, and waited for something, and it's just forever, and sometimes it's years and years and years, and we struggle for it, and we, we, we finally get there, and then the memory of all that weight, it just seems to kind of go away, because now we're there. Now we're enjoying what we worked for, what we wanted, what we dreamed about, and the past just kind of goes into we remember, but it's not the same Looking back, friend, uh, time just kind of vanishes. Once you're there, that delay is gone. All that to say, we don't have all the time in the world. We have delays. We can delay making our heart right with God. We can delay praying. We can delay getting serious with the Lord. We can delay cleaning up our soul. We can delay all sorts of different ways, times and fashions. We can put it off and before you know, another day has gone by, another week has gone by, and we say time has passed. No. Delays. We've just delayed and delayed and delayed. That's why the scripture says today. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Say today. today. Stand if you will. Today. Say it today. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Say now. What does now imply? Guess what? Now just changed. When you said now, that's then. Because that was a second ago, two seconds ago, ten seconds ago. Every now changes for a second. The second is a new noun. That may seem confusing. Think about it. Now. Now is the moment in which we accept time. When we accept, I've got to do something for God right now. 
Because if I say tomorrow, what do Annie or can Annie say? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll love you. Tomorrow, whatever the day. Tomorrow is always <laughs> one day away. Tomorrow never comes. Yeah. When you think about it yesterday, there are a lot of yesterdays. You can't go back to yesterday. Good old years. Wish I could go back. You can't. Time cannot be recovered. Time cannot be accelerated. And the only thing that matters is now. Because wait one second and now has just changed. Wait another second and now you're in another now. And the opportunity of that other now is gone. It seems just exhausting, right? Oh, a different now, a different now, a different now. Stop trying to keep track of the nows. Just accept the fact that now is the accepted time. God said, you want to find the right time to do something right now. Because when you say wait, when you say tomorrow, when you say some other more convenient time, it never comes. You just delay and delay and delay. Stop delaying. Let's do what we need to do for God now. Don't wait for a New Year's resolution. New Year, New Year, yada yada. Don't wait for December thirty-first to make a New Year's resolution and say this year's going to be different. Because if you wait for a New Year's resolution, it probably won't come either. Amen. Am I right? How many New Year's resolutions actually come true? Very few. Because it's a goal, it's a something we, I'm going to work towards it. But guess what? It's a delaying tactic. Instead of making things right now, sometime this year I'll get around to it. It's good to have goals. Good to work towards things, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to making decisions for God, now, now. God is still God. Throughout all the ages, he's still going to be God. But you and I aren't going to be around for all those ages. We have this finite period in which we are allowed to live, to operate, to act, to make decisions, to accomplish things, to fail, to learn from those failures. All happens in a predetermined period, what we call time. Make the best of your time. Quit using delaying tactics because you're not pushing out time. You're just using up a little bit. Make today the right day. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable. God bless you, Jesus.